Welcome back to Rap Lyrics for Class. This is your host, Camilla Wahid, coming straight at you with some good, good, good stuff today. So as usual, we have come across some dope artists, and we're going to take a dope song, and we're going to pick through it, analyze it, and talk about the real message, how you can interpret it, how you can teach it in your class, perhaps. How can we um, break it down so we can connect that gap that we sometimes see between um, the old school hip hop generation and our younger uh, hip hoppers today. So um, I'm excited, but first I'm gonna let you know who it is. So uh, Los Angeles hip hop duel, substance abuse is no stranger to the spotlight. Former Herb Next 100 picks, substance abuse 2006 album Overproof featured MF Doom, Cool Keith, Motion Man and many others with their 2012's background music, which can be found on Spotify, featured uh, KRS-One, MC8, Tosh of the Alcoholics, um, still dropping albums left and right. The Redux in 2016 and Bridges features uh, a gentleman from the Freestyle Fellowship. We have um, most recently Substance Abuse dropping The Rabbit Hole, featuring longtime collaborator Eric, a song about having fortitude and perseverance when there are devilish functions trying to pull you down and we're all very familiar with that welcome to rap lyrics for class substance abuse meso trey i'm one half of substance abuse the subs okay give me more but you know what tell me what type of um style of music you're doing um have is that your original uh place uh west coast like, tell me a little bit about what's going on over there with, with substance abuse. Yeah, I mean, we're from L.A. We've known each other since fifth grade. Wow. Um, both of our families, uh, we got roots in the East. You know what I mean? My dad's from from the Bronx. Um, and we just kind of, you know, we came up in the, in the, the 90s era of, like, real beats and real lyricism. Started off just kind of following our heroes and really just freestyling. That was the main like foundation of developing the lyrical skills. And then eventually um, both went off to college and we ran into this beat maker, this real talented dude named No, who started coming with some dope beats that, that kind of fit, you know, what we were trying to do. So we started to make songs after that. Okay, and you, you have a um, plethora of music here. This is like your, what, fourth album you're on now? Uh, <laughs> well, we have, we have basically, we have two full-length albums. We have an EP. Uh, we have a couple EPs we put out. Uh, one of the EPs was, was uh, it was a remix EP based around the Bridges single we did that Ramrock put out. Uh, much love to them for supporting us on that. That was with AC Alone from Freestyle Fellowship. Okay, so, so you know, I, I think that our music, if people have followed us, if you follow us from, from the late 90s, when we, we first dropped the underground tape called Brand New Crime, um, the consistent thread for our music has just been basically, you know, just being honest about who we are, doing the music that we like. We'd like to think that our music's timeless. I mean, whether it's hip hop, rock, jazz, or whatever, there's certain types of music that will stand the test of time and endure. Doesn't matter if it's five years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, 
something that's dope will withstand the test of time. Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, our modus operandi has always been to make music that endures. And that's how you get classics and, and legends. Definitely yeah. true. I believe in that. Um, so, yeah, the Ramrock connection. Like, how did you guys link up with uh, Miss Joe Wallace? Uh, you know, shout out to Joe and Ashley. Wonderful people. What's your uh, the Ramrock story? So that was a funny story. So basically, we did um, the, vid the video for Bridges with AC Alone. Uh, it was directed by our homeboy. He has a company called Reckless Abandoned. The video was getting getting out there a little bit, but we, you know, we had always wanted to put it out on vinyl. We didn't really have, have a clear idea about who in the U.S. at least that we wanted to approach about that. Um, I had this very vague idea of like, I want to have somebody in Europe put it out. And that was just my thought. It was, there was no like real trajectory except, yeah, it would be cool if somebody overseas put it out because it seems like at this point, the kind of hip-hop that we do is really being embraced more outside of the U.S. True. So there was this dude, um, his name is Neil Gardner in the U.K., and we had sent him some records before. He gave us the stellar review on the Rearview 45. That was a song we did with KRS-One. And I was like, look, I sent him this link. I said, do you know somebody out there that will put this record out? So he posts it and he tags uh, Ramrock Records in the link and says, hey, put this record out. Uh, <laughs> simple as that, okay. Respond <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we'll do it. You know what I mean? Okay. So that was basically how it happened. It was like immediate. I want to take a listen to um, Rearview. Uh, you know, I've been listening to it. I, I think it's, it's a jewel. So I want the people to also hear. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the interpretation um, that I've got from it with your intended interpretation or message was and um, some of the jewels that I'm hearing throughout the song. So here we have Definitely. Rear View Substance Abuse. <laughs> True, there's nothing new under the sun before Johnny Cash. Men was singing about guns, was all about flash. So just wanna have fun. Was trying to get some ass, or was taking you to class. But y'all got ADD. If I'm gonna listen, y'all better make me think why you say these things. And you don't have to rap about saving trees. It's understood that we're all about making cheese. But your number one goal should be how to blaze these beats. We run in the track like our brains and cleats. But that defiant feats that fly in the streets. And I know where to land. This is hip hop. But if you say jump, I don't say when. Respect the past, live in the now and leave something for the hereafter. Perfect this craft like the blast master. And if you ain't caring, staring right past it. Hey, it's not just hey, because so we pick up and fast. Hey, we pick up red rap. Hey, we pick up KRS and your sub where you at. In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a trainer on the street. 
back for whatever, never back. Hey, yo, big up SOJ, hey, hey, big up Red Rap. Hey. We big up KRS, and yo, sub, where you at? In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train, I'm on this track for yeah. whatever, never yeah. back. MCing is my craft, sir. I perceive things faster. I come from my future, not my past, sir. I'm smooth like lacquer. We were taught that the past comes first and the future comes after. But the year doesn't matter. I appear as a rapper with Red Rap, SO Trey in the year after. Where time doesn't pass ya. And you can ask the master what comes after. And he replies, laughter. The future we after is past disasters. Past slashes, flashes, and gun blasters. We don't need apocalyptic pastors. Pumping beer faster. Hear the blast master and laugh after. The future is more colorful than past rappers. Think about that. City life, less tractors. More real people, less actors. No more backstabbers. The governments are non factors So we pick up SO Trey. Yeah, we pick up Red Rap. We pick up KRS. And your sub, where you at? In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train, I'm on this track for whatever, never back. Hey, yo, big up SOJ. Hey, big up Red Rap. We big up KRS. And your sub, where you at? In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train, I'm on this track for whatever, never back. Ask me what's more dismal, the future or the past. Cause in the past, rappers had more respect, pub and cash, plus a lot of flash. Guest list for clubs of crash. Promo visit played on TV, LPs were selling fast. Who could tell that wouldn't last? Remember, get Advances, then we advance into a future that seems to have less chances. The past just seems scandalous. No labels was just shady. Now I just wish there was still some labels left to pay me. But stressing this is crazy, cause we're never going back. Gotta focus on the merch, the tours, the shows we're rapping. Still appreciated, cause these beats are bits and jaded. Want a future where you don't have to rap like shit to make it. Cause facts have been misstated when it comes to who's the dopest. Got love for yesteryear, but the future's where we're focused. The future where the hope is. True artists find some bread, try to keep some hope alive for the times we got. First of all, that track bang. Who who made that track? Uh, that was produced by our homeboy Ways One up in Oakland. Shout out, that's dope. So subs, how how long you um been rhyming? I mean, seriously, maybe like high school, maybe like junior high. I've been following it since before, but since elementary school. I like to know how the concept came along for this song. It came, it came across driving, actually. Okay. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, I guess in the bigger scheme of things, you could uh, say, like, yeah, the rear view is things that's happened in the past. You know, like, things have been, been done before. And it's cool to acknowledge that because it happened and it's real, mm-hmm. but you still got to move forward. You still got to keep your eyes on the road to where you're going. So that that's the main focus. And it's cool to look back every now and then, but you know, you got to keep moving forward and doing new things. Okay. So your concept, you're, you're driving along and you, you glance through that rear view and it's like, yeah, this, yeah, you got, you got that epiphany moment. Um, but what was the overall message intended to portray? I think part of it for me at least was, you know, we have been for as long as we've been around, like, kind of stigmatized as being like a quote unquote throwback group. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like us kind of throwing a little bit of a jab at that. Like, look, this is real hip hop. You know, it doesn't have no time span. It doesn't have no shelf life. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's stuff that's, that comes and goes on the radio, but this, this stuff endures. So what I was trying to say when, when I, you know, at least, you know, my verse and I think the overall message of the song was, is like, look, 
we're not stuck in the past and we didn't get into the recording booth with the intent of making something that sounds like it's from 1994. When we got into the recording booth, our intent was to make something that is consonant with the times that we're in now. You know what I mean? Right. That's and timeless. I don't, yeah. yeah, and we grew up on everything. We grew up on Dylan, Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, you know what I mean? Everything that, that still has that kind of relevance now where you can just put it on and, and feel it, you know what I mean? Right. So in, in all of our verses, I think what we're all saying is, look, we're not looking at the past, we're looking at the future. And this music we're making is for the present and beyond. Got you, got you. So um, I guess you, you could say you were successful at getting that intention out across to your audience. I pick a bar, a favorite bar, this for either one of y'all, it could be one of your bars or uh, you know somebody else on the song. And tell me why that bar has stuck with you. I, I have an easy answer for that. My favorite line for the song mm -hmm. is is when Subs goes, uh, before, John, before Johnny Cash men were singing about guns. I, I love that line. I, I, and I've actually, for the last few days, I've had it in my head for some reason, but I'll let Subs explain the line. Well, just like <laughs> I'm saying, it's just, um, yeah, it's nothing new. It's like, mm -hmm. NWA and Cool G Rap, you know, we grew up on them, respected them, but just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it's self-explanatory, you know, it's just like, yeah, everything's been said before, maybe just in a different way. And it's almost like, you know, saying like, don't like villainize hip hop right. for saying something that Johnny Cash or Chuck Berry or, or whoever else has, you know, some stuff. Okay, I, I like that point. I, I, I think one of the, the significance of that line too is kind of like, like you got like somebody now, like or a kid now that might be like, oh, you know, this is the, this is what new hip hop is. This is what new hip hop's about and so forth. And you got to kind of just say, hold up a second. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually not new. You know what I mean? Like you, you might have this idea that whatever's being talked about or how it's being presented or whatever, the 808 or whatever, that's not new. It's just repackaged in a different way. And because it's been repackaged in a different way, you have to respect the origin of it. Right. And, I mean? and it's like more like the, the social experience. Like nothing is new. Like, like what Esso and I, you know, do with our music is we try to, our songs are always trying to be universal. Mm -hmm. So no matter what your background is, hopefully there's enough people out there, you know, saying like, I've been through that, or I've been through something like that, or they understand it through their own personal experiences because it's something that's universal. Right, is there a personal experience that links to um, the song that you guys would like to share? Because you're, you're talking about, you know, you mentioned the labels, um, like it's a whole different ball game right now. Uh, there was a time where you were getting, you know, signing bonuses. Now labels don't exist, basically. Um, you know, I'm sure you probably came up against some challenges with the music that you're you're putting out and trying to break down those barriers and getting doors shut. 
like are there any personal experiences you can share with a a, a young artist and some advice when that kind of type of thing happens i mean i i can i can tell you what we've been through is like we put out a 12 inch on a label the label invested money in us the label went under we were left with essentially no resources to put the album this and i'm talking about overproof it was just basically ideas in our head you know but we were determined to do it and around that time when i was living up in oakland i met ways one the guy who produced rearview and i just started coming to him with ideas like yo this is i want to kind of do this with this sample and this and that and then you know, we started to build off the contacts that we had made when we were assigned to the label. Um, I had met Cutmaster Kurt, you know, around that time. Uh, that's Cool Keys DJ. He's the guy behind Threshold Records. He, you know, he became a friend of ours and a mentor to us. And it just, we just kept pushing. We didn't have, mm -hmm. we really had no resources. And then because we had that determination, the universe responded, you know, and then we started to, you know, we got, we had done the song with MF Doom, which was essentially stuck in limbo at the record label. We got that back for our album. We, because of Cut Master Kurt, we ended up hooking up with Cool Keith and Motion Man. We had the song we did with Thess One from People Under the Stairs, again, that was stuck in limbo at the label and we got that back. So we, we, we did every single thing we could, took every resource we had with little to no money, you know what I mean? and put out Overproof and Overproof ended up getting four stars in Herb, four stars in Scratch, multiple ratings across the board that were just, our publicist at the time was like this, you know, people are telling me how, how great this album is and so forth. But the point is, is like, if you have the determination, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying like, I'm Mr. like, go get her, make it happen. I struggle with that too sometimes, but at the end of the day, if you want something bad enough, you will make it happen. And again, we've been through the ringer with all this industry stuff and, and here we are later on and we're still making music. Right. So I, so I guess the message to, to our young people out there, you know, you're going to hit some challenges. It's not as easy as it looks when you're, you're turning on these YouTube videos and you know, you see the glamour and the shiny things. It's not easy getting there, and you're going to get doors shut. Your windows are going to be shut, but, you know, this is when grit kicks in. If this is something you really want, you know, you got to keep it moving, keep it moving. So I, I'm coming from a classroom perspective, if you were to, I want to ask you two questions. Um, can you share with us your, your writing process is, um, like, how do you get the song? Do you get the song first, then the lyrics? You get the lyric song, do you go into a room, light a candle, like, what is your your writing process? That's the first question. Um, I I don't I'm a little atypical in how I approach a verse. A lot of it is like I'll have eight bars in my head before I even start writing it down. Mm -hmm. And at this point, when I say writing it down, I'm I usually just email it to myself. But this is after I've had eight bars or around that in my mind already. So. I have verses that I remember that I wrote like over a decade ago in my head and I, I haven't forgot them. I can still spit them. And be, it's because like, I don't really write stuff, you know, like while I'm writing rhymes, quote unquote, writing rhymes, it's not that I'm literally writing them on paper or writing them electronically. 
I'm actually just kind of writing them in my head and remembering them. And then I just put it down. Um, I take, I tend to take way longer uh, to write verses, I think, than Subs does. Subs is very quick. And he comes up with stuff that's super dope, super quick. You know what I mean? Mm. But we've had a, a mystical kind of uh, thing, you know, as a group where I'll think of something and he's already kind of like on the same page or he thinks of something I'm kind of on the same page. We haven't maybe even spit our verses for each other and everything kind of just comes together and works. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. just, that comes from, from years of being friends and, you know, having that kind mm -hmm. of uh, common, you know, energy. Right. Everything lines up. And so you yeah, see, me, mm -hmm. me personally, I, uh, yeah, the same thing. Like I'll think of things, uh, think of ideas. Uh, for a while, when I was like jogging, I'd, I'd, I'd put on some instrumentals on the headphones mm -hmm. and uh, I was jogging and exercising, maybe the rhythm of the running, like I'll just start freestyling. Okay. And then usually I come up with like some, I took some really good lines, um, bars that way. And then but if, if I think it's a keeper, then I'll just stop for a second pull out my phone, write down in the notes, and then keep jogging and try mm -hmm. to keep continuing that thought. And sometimes driving, I'll, I'll do that too, you know? And, um, and I'd say most of it comes that way. And then the rest will come from like just sitting down and then writing and just trying to put all that together. Okay. I, I can relate to the, to the nature thing, man. I love to, to walk and you're in that right space, the environment's right. And, you know, it's, you know, the squirrel runs by, you're walking by water, <laughs> and you know, things just pop in your head. That's the, uh, that's the way of connecting. Now, you said you guys met when you're in the fifth grade. So let's, let's say we have a classroom of fifth graders in front of us. And you know, um, some, of them some of them have mastered the metaphors, or what's the simile, uh, automatopoeia. Um, so let's look at one of the verses, your choice, and, and pull out a couple of similes and metaphors and, and spit it out for our kids and kind of break down because maybe, you know, it might be here. Um, what it means in a basic term to a fifth grader. Now we are, we know substance abuse itself is, a, you know, double metaphors, Chris said in the beginning, and we talked about Johnny Cash and a gun. What are some other, you know, lines that might punch out that we can break down? Uh, I subs, I, I was just thinking of the line where subs said, um, uh, when you say hip hop, I don't say wind. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of like, you know, the double meaning of like, basically like not, not always caving, not always when somebody has some sort of contrary opinion to you or has some position that they're taking that's, uh, antithetical to yours not always being like, oh, okay, you're right, you know, or, or mm -hmm. being, you know, that kind of person, like standing up for yourself. So that, I, I always love that line too, you know, and, and obviously it's a double meaning because hip hop is hip hop, but hip hop, some people hopping and that's jumping. Mm -hmm. So I always thought that was a dope line too, you know? Okay. Thanks, man. <laughs> and then, um, so, uh, KRS One, I mean, his verse was 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 really great on there. Yeah, um, fire. 
you know, he, he, uh, I like what he was saying is kind of like, it was, it was, it sounded very idealistic, but it was still kind of like pointing to things that I think as humanity, we all want, you know, we want a future without backstabbers and liars mm -hmm. and people that, that pull us down. And I think that as a young person, I mean, this is something that I struggle with as an adult too. It's just kind of like, you know, this idea that bad people are who get ahead in life. And that might be something that it might seem that way in the short term, but in the long term, that's not how it ends up working. And kid, when you're young, when you see somebody who appears to be successful or appears to have it together, you know what I'm saying? And they appear to be somebody who treats others poorly or, or is not a good person. You start to associate those things in your mind. Like, okay, maybe I got to be ruthless to be successful or whatever. So, yeah, I think, I think what KRS was talking a lot, a lot about in his verse um, was just kind of like the kind of qualities that we want to see human beings have. And that's always going to be a constant struggle. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where we're all these ideal human beings or whatever, but, you know, as individuals, it's something that we can aspire towards. So, um, I want you to, um, you know, wrap it up with something that you would say to an inspiring artist who has fed into the mainstream formula, but perhaps it's not really about that life. And, what I mean by that is um, I, I had a young artist at one time and, um, and you know, being somebody I was associated with, she kind of took the form of, of being a conscious rapper, not really a conscious rapper, but, you know, you're in middle school, but you're talking about things that's real for you. And, um, you know, as she got a little older, she had the opportunity to, you know, get with some people that could, you know, take her to the next level, but they didn't want her to speak from that platform. You know, being that I know who who this person is, you know that's you know you're talking that, but that's not you're you're not really about that life. You know, do you have any kind of advice or inspiring words for a kid that might get caught up in having to make that choice? That choice of do I go where the money is, then like you know that path, or do I take the other path that's a little longer, and you know the pot of gold may not may not look the same as it does in a shorter path. Um, I mean, I, I, I say, I say, definitely take the uh, the longer path, mm -hmm. the path that um, nurtures and fosters relationships and accountability and trust and responsibility. Because um, going the fast road, you know, you it it seems it seems easier, but it leaves with more burn bridges. Mm -hmm. um, it won't last. A, a lot of reasons people get ahead and they don't show this is, is based on relationships and people being able to put trust in you and giving you opportunities because of that. So if you stay a good stand-up person, you know, opportunities will come your way. And even if some, even if you do have a setback, um, I feel like karmically, um, you'll get rewarded for, for having the grit and uh, the fortitude 
um, to, to stay righteous. Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree 100% with what Subs is saying. I, I think that if your career is based on affectation, you know, and everything is about kind of presenting an image that really isn't you, um, there's people that have, have succeeded by doing that, but the mm -hmm. problem is, is that it's a, it's a really short lived or, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna give you really long-term gains because the facade always peels off at the end. You don't have the ability to just be somebody you're not 24 seven or project an image of something that is not reality for a long period of time, eventually it comes out, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. And, you know, I think one of the reasons subs and I have had the longevity that we've had in the game is like, we, from day one, we just presented what was real, you know, about our lives, you know, we're B-boys from West Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And we didn't try to represent anything that we weren't. We've seen certain things in our lives, you know, and we just talked about what we what we've endured and what we've seen and, and what we've been through, and we just uh, projected the essence of who we are. Um, again, enter the entertainment business is is what it is. People do certain things that they have to do to get ahead, and I don't mm -hmm. judge them for that. Mm -hmm. But this idea that you're gonna have a, a expansive you know long enduring career because of an image that you have built up for yourself that is not consistent You're with trying to emulate yeah it's just not gonna last okay okay there you have it substance abuse um can you let the uh, people know where they can find you online twitter uh, uh subs and so trays that is our um handle on twitter instagram substance abuse hip-hop uh, Facebook, Substance Abuse Hip Hop, YouTube, Substance Abuse Music. Um, you know what I mean? So check those out. We're on there. Okay. Um, peep us out. We love interacting with people that that, that know our music and, and are feeling what we're doing. All right. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for coming by Rap Lyrics for Class. It's been a pleasure. Um, I hope, you know, the kids will love it. And um, stay tuned for some more of Substance Abuse. Thank you. All right, thank you. Rat lyrics for class. Rat lyrics for class. You got rat lyrics for class. Rat lyrics for class. You got rat lyrics for class. Rat lyrics for class. Rat lyrics for class. You got rat lyrics.